Truth Lies in Bedtime Stories from See-Through News Series 7 Marcus and Jemima How I Deal with People at Parties Who Assume I Have Children by George Hinchliffe Episode 1, The Truth Revealed. Okay, George, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Hello, I'm George Hinchliffe. All you need to know about me, for the purposes of this story, is that my wife worked in the film industry, and when filming had finished, they usually had a party. What they call a wrap party, because shooting had wrapped. And all the people involved in the film and the movie went along to a party and they had drinks and canapes and socialisation. And so I came along and uh, met lots of people who I'd never met before and who I probably would never meet again. At one of these parties, I found myself talking to a gentleman who was in a similar position. He was nothing to do with the film, but he was there and his partner was off talking to her colleagues, the assistant director, the key grip catering manager, whatever. And so he and I were in a social circumstance, not knowing anybody really. And so we started making conversation. And in order to facilitate the conversation, we were being friendly. Whereas in actual fact, we initially had no reason to talk to each other, didn't know anything about each other. Sorry, can you just um, tell me what his name was and what kind of trousers he was wearing? I was getting on to that. <clears throat> so I found myself talking to this gentleman, Rupert, and he had red trousers and a waistcoat. So I deduced, perhaps inaccurately, that he was middle-class, bourgeois, perhaps had a job in the city. He didn't know anything about me. But in order to make conversation, he said to me, have your children left university? And I thought, well, I don't have any children, and therefore they haven't gone to university, so we're missing out a few steps here. He's rather jumping the gun and making assumptions. But if I were to say no or I don't have any children, it would seem to be putting a negative sort of dampener on the whole social intercourse. And so I thought that what I should do is say something else. So on this occasion, I thought, I'm probably never going to meet this man again, and he's probably never going to be in conversation with my wife, blah, blah, blah. I could just say, yes, and then carry on the conversation as though I've got children. Obviously, his children have left university. This is the world that he's operating in. And so I said, well, Marcus is in Peru, and he has some business things going there, and Jemima has only just left university, and she's in Indonesia and is travelling around Asia. And um, who knows what she's doing? She's with her partner, Simeon, and uh, I don't hear from them too much currently. And then I thought, this is rather a masterstroke. Marcus said to me recently, Dad, the business is going pretty well, but if you could see your way clear to giving me another, I don't know, £60,000, it would really enable me to take things on to the next level and it would be brilliant and I'd really appreciate it. And so I then thought, for heaven's sake, all that time shelling out to keep them going through university. And now I thought I'd finished all that process. I don't have to worry about them. They're off doing their own thing. They're totally independent, starting to generate their own income. I don't need to worry. But here we are, a demand for 60,000 quid. And indeed, Rupert said to me uh, with his red trousers, I know what you mean. 
my Henry is exactly the same. He said blah, blah, blah. And then he carried on talking about the situation with his son Henry. And I discovered that the totally fictitious situation that I'd described applied entirely to this chap and his son Henry. We started talking about his son Henry and how much money he wanted and what the business was and where it was going. And that meant that we were able to talk happily for the rest of the evening about things that followed on from that without me having to make up any further stories about Marcus or Jemima. So I thought, very good, the uh, social lubrication has been achieved, we've got some rapport, and for the purposes of this evening, we've been friendly and supportive. And I never met him again, and I didn't have to talk about Marcus and Jemima ever again. But I'd made up my children. I don't have Marcus, I don't have Jemima. Just to clarify, what business was Marcus in? In episode two, Overheard, we discover more. Marcus and Jemima was written by George Hinchliffe, who also composed the series' music. The series was produced and mixed by Sternwriter. The Truth Lies in Bedtime Stories is a See Through News production. See Through News is a non-profit social media network with the goal of speeding up carbon drawdown by helping the inactive become active. For more, visit seethroughnews.org. Thank you for listening.